The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. We get together this week as the world is reeling with the Petira, with the unfortunate passing of the Sar HaTayra, of the Torah Prince Reb Chaim Kanievsky. And we'll try to focus this week a little bit about the life of Reb Chaim, some amazing stories about Reb Chaim, and also get a little bit of a better understanding of what the power of a tzaddik is and what the power of a person who's totally infused with Torah is capable of becoming. I'd like to begin with an amazing story which came out of Eretz Yisrael a few years ago. It's a story of a community somewhere in the Merkaz Aretz, in the center of Eretz Yisrael, a secular Jewish community, where a bunch of young families were somehow swept up in the wave of tshuva, and they started becoming from Taira, Shemir, Shemir, Taira, Mitzvah, Erlucha people. And with that came an issue and a problem, which is that there was no religious school within the vicinity. And they tried politically to get the local Moatzah, to get the local municipality, the Misrat HaChinuch, the Ministry of Education, to give them an option of a religious Chinuch, a Chinuch Dati, at least something in their community. But everywhere that they turned, there were excuses and excuses. There's no place, there's no funding, there's no this, and there's no that. And they really were stuck. They had no option. They had nowhere to give their children a Torah proper Chinuch. And the school year was beginning. And the only idea, the only Eitzel that they thought of was that they would erect an illegal caravan in the middle of the night, a big trailer, and the students would learn there, even though it was against the law. And they, fully, they knew fully well that when the municipality comes out, they're going to come, and they're going to dismantle the caravan, and they'll take it away, and it'll be traumatic for the children, and it'll, the whole thing just may not be worthwhile. But what does one do? So somebody got them an appointment with Reb Chaim Kanievsky. And they came to Reb Chaim, and they shared with Reb Chaim their dilemma. They want their children to have a Torah true education, and the only option was to put up an illegal caravan. Do we do that? Do we not do it? It's going to be traumatic for the children. It's going to be taken down by the municipality. What do we do? And Abhaim said to them, again, is the only option a caravan? And he said, yes, that's an only option. But it's not even an option because it's going to be dismantled. And Abhaim said, we know. The Gemara teaches us that Rabbi Yeshua ben Prach, I think it was, he instituted that there should be yeshivas, there should be Torah education for children in every single municipality. That's the way it's supposed to be. If you do what you're supposed to do, the Rebbein Shalom will take care of you. Don't worry. Tonight, put up the caravan. The Chaim tells you to do what you listen. They come that night and they erect this large caravan where they're going to, with classrooms in it, where they're going to start and found a Dati school, first one in that entire region, in that entire area. And the children come and they're all excited. And sure enough, the municipality, the area, the mayor, everyone finds out about it. The mayor is very angry. He's very upset. You had no permission to do this. You have no permit. You're going to get a fine. That's it. Everyone out of the building. And he orders a large, massive crane truck from Tel Aviv to come and pick the thing up and carry it out. And you can imagine the trauma. The children are outside. The teachers are outside. Everyone's saying to him, everyone's davening. But in their heart of hearts, they have faith. Their Chaim knows what he's doing. And sure enough, a massive train, crane truck I mean, comes on this huge truck with these massive mammoth wheels and they erect the crane and they harness the whole crane, the whole big you know, contraption around the building and they begin to try to lift the building and remove it. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, the entire crane snaps and collapses. And everyone is panicking. This is crazy. It's dangerous, etc., etc. And the crane operators and all the people are like, this never happens. It's impossible. We checked it. It's not possible. I don't know. Maybe it's faulty. You know what? We're going to send for another crane. And a half hour later, another crane rolls in and it fastens its big harness around the caravan and it begins to try to lift it. 
and craziness of craziness. It snaps. The entire crane snaps and it breaks. And at that point, the mayor and the municipality and all the people involved just said, we're not being involved in this. Take your crane and get out of here. You people go back into the caravan and stay here and we'll have to figure something out. Now how does Reb Chaim even, how can he say such a thing that's going to be okay? How does Reb Chaim know? How does Reb Chaim do such a thing? What's the logic behind this? That's what we're going to investigate in today's year. But before we do that, we'll share one or two more amazing things with Reb Chaim Kanievsky. We know that Reb Chaim Kanievsky learned an amazing amount of Torah just in one day. He would finish a Mesechta in a day. So we know that in the Shas there's Mesechtas Ketanas, there's all kinds of smaller Mesechtas in the back of the Gemara, Mesechas Smachas, Mesechas Kala. When Reb Chaim Kanievsky finished Mesechas Kala, one of his grandchildren were there and said, Mesechas Kala, it talks about Hassanim, it talks about Kalas. You know what, maybe it's a school, it's an auspicious time to ask Reb Chaim to daven for older singles that haven't yet found their match, they haven't found their Bashert. And quickly they said, Rebbe, could you, you know, Zayda, could you, could you, could you daven for, 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 for all these singles? And he says, sure, give me names. And they, they didn't have that many offhand. They only had 10 names that were lying around the house. And they gave the 10 to Reb Chaim and he was Messiah. He finished Messiah's Kala. And he davened for these 10. And he said, I'm being Isaac. I'm involved in learning about Hassanim and Kalas. That's the real reality. So it's an auspicious time to daven and he davened. And within a few months, all 10 older singles, not even one was left out became engaged. How do, how do we understand such a thing? And then finally, I should say maybe two more stories. We know that Reb Chaim did not like traveling. The only thing he traveled for in his earlier days was to be a sandik, but he really tried not to travel. But one of the things that Reb Chaim did periodically, once a few times in his life, was he went to the caver of the Isha Hashunamis. It's a story in the Navi of a woman whose child was Nifter, and the Navi did Techiyah Sames and brought the child back to life. And Reb Chaim held that that was a very, very holy and auspicious place for a person who couldn't have children. Listen, this woman didn't have children, and all of a sudden the child, child became part of her life. So Reb Chaim went there to daven. Reb Chaim took along when he davened at the grave, at the cave of the Isha Shunamis, 21 couples, names of 21 couples that were childless for many, many years and had almost given up on the hope of parenthood. And Reb Chaim davened there, and he came back to Bnei Brak. And within that year, every single one of the 21 couples had a child. It's mind-boggling. How do these things happen? And then finally, the story that's kind of the story of all stories that's been circulating about Reb Chaim. This story was set over by a Rav in Eretz Yisrael who heard the story directly from the Rosh Kailal that was in this story. So it's not a far-fetched story. This Rosh Kailal, who was Rosh Kailal somewhere in Eretz Yisrael, in the middle of the night, his phone rings. It's 2 a.m. And he picks up the phone and he panics. And it's one of his younger life. It's one of the Avrechim, one of the fellows that learned, that studied in his kail. And the fellow is crying and he's bawling and he's beside himself. He says, what's wrong? Why are you calling me 2 in the morning? So he says that his son, a young kid, had been having terrible headaches. And they took him for testing to Sharet Tzedek Hospital in Yerushalayim. And they, he'd been checking. The results were supposed to come in. And he checked the results now and they came in. And the child has a tremendous brain tumor and is in great sakana. So why are you calling me? The, 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 the Rosh Hashanah says, I feel for you, but why, why two in the morning? He says, I know that you have a personal relationship with Reb Chaim Kanievsky. You have to take me to Reb Chaim Kanievsky. Let's go now. So Rosh Hashanah says, now, Reb Chaim is for sure up and he's learning, but he says, you know what? Get dressed, come over to my house, and we'll go Davin Vasikin and Letterman with Reb Chaim Davin. And after Vasikin, I'm going to bring you over to Reb Chaim. The fellow thanked him so much. They traveled to Bnei Brak, they Davin Vasikin, Heartfelt Vasikin, together with the Sarah Torah of Chaim Kanievsky. And after davening, he brings 
this father, this young father, over to Reb Chaim. And Reb Chaim says, what's wrong? And he begins to cry, and he speaks about the diagnosis, his son with a brain tumor, etc., etc. So Reb Chaim says to him, where's your boy? He says, he's home. He says, bring him. So he travels all the way back to where he lived. I think he lived in Beit Shemesh. Maybe it was Betar. And they bring the boy. The boy's a young boy. I don't know, six or seven years old, maybe eight. And Chaim looks at the boy, and Chaim says to the boy, Tell me something. What do you want to be when you, when you get older? What do you want to be? And without hesitation, the boy looks straight at Chaim and he says, I want to be like you. I want to be a Gadol B'Tayra. I want to be a Tamachacham. I want to be the Saim called Tarakula every year. And Chaim was very taken by the answer. Chaim tells the father, go back to Sharet Tzedek Hospital and ask them to retest him. That you should have another CT scan. Chaim tells you to do that. You do that to get in a car. They drive all the way back to Shari Tzedek and he shows up a radiology and says, I want another CT scan. They're like, why? You just got the results. And he starts arguing with them. He says, Chaim told him, if they don't want to do it, pay for it out of your own pocket. He says, I'll pay out of my own pocket. So they bring him the chief of radiology and he says, I want your Chaim and he wants him. The chief of radiology says, okay, I'll make you a deal. If we take this test and we do the scan and the tumor is still there, you have to pay out of pocket. There was no reason for it. But if the tumor is not there, if something changed because of Reb Chaim, we'll do it for free because then we have to take another test because the situation changed. And they do the CT scan and miracle of miracle and wonder of wonders, the tumor has disappeared. And they can't believe it and they call the entire radiology staff and they compare one test to the other test and they take another test. I mean, it's not good radiation, but they take another test and both tests show that the child is 100% clear. The tumor has disappeared. Where it went, no one understands. What happened, we can't fathom. The father takes the boy back to Reb Chaim. He's, there's tears of joy, and they bring him to Reb Chaim. He says, yeah, it's a moipus. It's unbelievable. And Reb Chaim says to him, he says, I'm going to tell you, I don't, I, don't, I, I don't know, but I'll tell you what I did. He said, after you left, I turned my eyes and my hands to Reb Hashem. I said, Reb Hashem, here's a beautiful child that his she'ifa in life, his aspirations, is to be able to learn Kala Kula. You can't take him. You have to give him a shot at fulfilling those aspirations. And obviously Hashem felt the same way. And your child had a refuah. There was a Rishkailo that came to Reb Chaim after Shachris. And he came to get a bracha from Reb Chaim. He was traveling to the United States to raise funds for his kailo. And he came to ask Reb Chaim for a bracha for Atzlacha. By the way, he was the second person that morning to ask for that. Just before him, there was a different Rishkailo, the head of another kailo that had come to Reb Chaim to ask for a bracha. And Reb Chaim gave him a beautiful bracha for Atzlacha. He said, go to the United States. You should be successful. And you should come back with the money that you need to sustain your kailo. But when this Rishkailo came, Reb Chaim said to him, why are you leaving Eretz Yisrael? So he says, I have to collect money from my colleague. He goes, you don't have to. Sali tzvat. Go to tzvas. Tzvas? I don't know anyone in tzvas. How am I getting money in tzvas? So Abraham says to him, Amati lecha tzvat. He says, yeah, but I really have to go to America. Maybe give me a bracha. So Abraham says, I'll give you a bracha that you should be successful in tzvas. I can't give you a bracha that you should be successful in chutzlars. Listen, Abraham tells you something, you listen. The fellow says, okay. He cancels his ticket. I'm supposed to leave that day. He cancels his ticket to the Chutzlar, to the United States. And instead, he goes to Tzvas. Doesn't know anyone at Tzvas. He rents a little apartment and he stays in Tzvas. And he doesn't know what to do. Rebbe told him to do. But Rebbe tells you, listen. He went to learn in the Kiryat Sanz Beis Medrash, the Sanz Beis Medrash in Tzvas. And he sits to learn and all of a sudden he becomes really, really tired. He puts his head down in his Gemara and he falls asleep. And he wakes up, and it's all of a sudden Meir of time. It's the latest, the last Meir of Insans. He washes his hand, and he davens. 
And after Meyer, he sees there's a crowd, a bunch of people talking to someone. And the fellow looks like a prestigious, illustrious fellow. He says to someone, who is this? He goes, oh, he's a huge philanthropist. He's from outside of Eretz Yisrael. And he happened to, he needed the last Meyer, so he came here. So he walks over to the fellow. And he says to him, Shalom Aleichem, I have a coil. He says, I want to tell you a story. He says, I was supposed to travel to the United States tonight. And Rabchaim Kanievsky told me not to travel. He told me to go to Tzvas. I came here. I fell asleep. I just woke up for Marv and I see you. Maybe you could help my Kailo. And the fellow says, how much money do you need? And he tells him how much money he needs. He says, I'll try to see what I can do. And sure enough, the next day, the fellow came to him with two checks, each one for half of the amount of money that he needed. And he was back in his Kailo the next day. He didn't have to go to America for a few weeks. He didn't have to mutcher. The Kailo didn't have to be without the Rosh Kailo. Reb Chaim said something. Reb Chaim didn't just have the Rabbi Shalom seeing him. Reb Chaim saw the Rabbi Shalom. We as Klal Yisrael, our Yisayimim, were orphans. We lost the Sar HaTayra, the Prince of Tyra. We lost somebody who saw the Rabbi Shalom. We saw some, lost somebody who had the opportunity to say, and things happened. But Chazal teach us that after a Gadol is Nifter, his qualities, certain aspects of him, are kind of floating around and they're there for the taking. And if we capitalize and we make a small Kabbalah, something, we're going to do something. We're going to upgrade our lives just like Reb Chaim. We're going to increase our Torah. We're going to increase our awareness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Whatever it is, we can have much more siyata the Shemaya, much more success than usual. So let's make a Kabbalah. Let's do something small in Reb Chaim's memory. Let's grasp one of his many qualities and make it our own and hopefully each and every one of us will have a gvaldig, amazing siyad of the Shemaya, wishing you a fantastic Shabbos. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org. <laughs>